0: Section 11 of Elijah and the Last Essays of Elijah this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by sandra Cullum. elijah and the last essays of elijah by charles lamb valentine's day hail to thy returning festival old bishop valentine Great is thy name in the rubric, thou venerable arch flamen of Hymen, immortal go between. Who and what manner of person art thou? Art thou but a name, typifying the restless principle which impels poor humans to seek perfection in union? Or wert thou indeed a mortal prelate, with thy tippet and thy rochette, thy apron on and decent lawn sleeves? mysterious personage like unto thee assuredly there is no other mitred father in the calendar not jerome nor ambrose nor cyril nor the consigner of undipped infants to eternal torments austin whom all mothers hate nor he who hated all mothers origen nor bishop bull nor archbishop parker nor whitgift thou comest attended with thousands and tens of thousands of little loves and the air is brushed with the hiss of rustling wings singing cupids are thy choristers and thy presenters, and instead of the crozier the mystical arrow is borne before thee in other words this is the day on which those charming little missifs eclept valentines cross and intercross each other at every street and turning the weary and all-for-spent twopenny postman sinks beneath a load of delicate embarrassments not his own it is scarcely credible to what an extent this ephemeral courtship is carried on in this loving town to the great enrichment of porters and detriment of knockers and bell-wires In these little visual interpretations, no emblem is so common as the heart, that little three-cornered exponent of all our hopes and fears, the bestuck and bleeding heart. It is twisted and tortured into more allegories and affectations than an opera hat. What authority we have in history or mythology for placing the headquarters and metropolis of God Cupid in this anatomical seat, rather than in any other, is not very clear, but we have got it, and it will serve as well as any other. Else we might easily imagine, upon some other system which might have prevailed for anything which our pathology knows to the contrary, a lover, addressing his mistress in perfect simplicity of feeling. Madam, my liver and fortune are entirely at your disposal, or putting a delicate question, Amanda, have you a midriff to bestow? But custom has settled these things, and awarded the seat of sentiment to the aforesaid triangle, while its less fortunate neighbours wait at animal and anatomical distance. Not many sounds in life, and I include all urban and all rural sounds, exceed in interest a knock at the door. It gives a very echo to the throne where hope is seated, but its issues seldom answer to this oracle within. It is so seldom that just the person we want to see comes, but of all the clamorous visitations, the welcomest in expectation, is the sound that ushers in, or seems to usher in, a valentine. As the raven himself was hoarse that announced the fatal entrance of Duncan, so the knock of the postman on this day is light, airy, confident, and befitting one that bringeth good tidings. It is less mechanical than on other days. You will say, that is not the post, I am sure visions of love of cupids of hymens delightful eternal commonplaces which having been will always be which no schoolboy nor schoolman can write away having your irreversible throne in the fancy and affections which are your transports when the happy maiden opening with careful finger careful not to break the emblematic seal bursts upon the sight of some well-designed allegory, some type, some youthful fancy, not without verses. Lovers all. A madrigal, or some such device, not overabundant in sense, young love disclaims it, and not quite silly, something between wind and water, a chorus where the sheep might also join the shepherd, as they did, or as I apprehend, they did in Arcadia. All valentines are not foolish, and I shall not easily forgive thine, my kind friend, if I may have leave to call you so. E. B. E. B. lived opposite a young maiden whom he had often seen, unseen, from his parlour window, in C.E. Street. She was all joyousness and innocence, and just of an age to enjoy receiving a valentine, and just of a temper to bear the disappointment of missing one with good humour. E.B. is an artist of no common powers. In the fancy parts of designing, perhaps inferior to none, his name is known at the bottom of many a well-executed vignette in the way of his profession, but no further for E.B. is modest, and the world meets nobody halfway. E.B. meditated how he could repay this young maiden, for many a favour which she had done him, unknown, for when a kindly face greets us, though but passing by, and never knows us again, nor we it, we should feel it as an obligation, and E.B. did. This good artist set himself at work to please the damsel. It was just before Valentine's Day, three years since. He wrought, unseen and unsuspected, a wondrous work. We need not say it was on the finest gilt paper with borders, full, not of common hearts and heartless allegory, but all the prettiest stories of love from Ovid and older poets than Ovid, for E.B. is a scholar. There was Pyramus and Thisbe. And be sure Dido was not forgot, nor Hero and Leander, and swans more than sang in Caster with mottoes and fanciful devices, such as beseemed a work, in short, of magic. Iris dipped the woof. This, on Valentine's Eve, he commended to the all swallowing, indiscriminate Orifice. Oh, ignoble trust! of the common post but the humble medium did its duty and from his watchful stand the next morning he saw the cheerful messenger knock and by and by the precious charge delivered he saw unseen the happy girl unfold the valentine dance about clap her hands as one after one the pretty emblems unfolded themselves She danced about, not with light love or foolish expectations, for she had no lover, or if she had, none she knew that could have created those bright images which delighted her. It was more like some fairy present, a godsend, as our familiarly pious ancestors termed a benefit received, where the benefactor was unknown. It would do her no harm, it would do her good, for ever after. It is good to love the unknown. I only give this as a specimen of E.B. and his modest way of doing, a concealed kindness. Good morrow to my valentine, sings poor Ophelia, and no better wish, but with better auspices, we wish to all faithful lovers who are not too wise to despise old legends, but are content to rank themselves humble diocesans, Of old Bishop Valentine and his true church. End of section eleven.